Welcome to the house of infinite possibility, where all things are possible, if you can dream them. Do not open, the note on the nondescript gray box read. It had arrived at my doorstep that morning and was addressed to me. Why someone would go through the trouble of shipping a box that they didn't intend anyone to open was beyond me. Nobody I knew had told me that they'd sent anything, and it was now weeks after Christmas and well into the new year, much too late to be receiving a Christmas present. Because of this, I had every intention of ignoring the instructions plastered on the box. I carefully peeled off the note, eager to preserve it in the event that I needed to reattach it and send the box back to wherever it came from. I studied the box, looking for some sort of handle, latch, or anything, really. Surprisingly, I found nothing to indicate that there was any way to open the box at all. I shook it and heard the unmistakable clatter of something inside. I began to try and pry it open at the edges where the wood had been glued together in hopes that they used cheap glue. I had no luck. I even chipped a nail in the process. At that point, I'd become frustrated and decided that I would just smash the damn thing to pieces. I lightly bounded to my garage and grabbed the largest hammer I owned. I returned to my living room with every intention of turning the thing into wood chips, but I quickly realized that the gray box that I'd spent the last 15 minutes fiddling with was gone. Hello? I said aloud. No one answered, and why would they? I lived alone. Alone in a house that was much too large for me. Alone in a five-bedroom, two-bathroom house. But perhaps I wasn't alone. After all, boxes just don't grow legs and walk away when you think of smashing them to pieces, do they? I pushed the thought from my mind. There was no way that anyone had entered my home. I began to look around my living room in hopes that I had just misplaced the small gray box. Perhaps it had fallen underneath my living room coffee table? Perhaps I had misplaced it in my eagerness to grab the hammer and open the box. I turned the entire living room upside down and discovered nothing. Was the box just a figment of my imagination? Was I hallucinating? I mean, I'd had no history of hallucination before. However, stranger things have happened. It was then that I gave up looking for the box. It would turn up at some point. In that moment, I no longer wanted to expend any more energy into looking for it. I went about my day responding to client emails and their latest stock trades and fielding questions about the latest downturns in the market. Sometimes it had been difficult to speak with my clients and explain things to them. And honestly, that was the most frustrating part of my job. These people trusted me with their money, but they needed everything explained to them. I hated doing it. But they were always there with their questions. Johan, what happened to that tech stock I bought last year? Some of them would call and ask, or, Johan, why hasn't my investment tripled? They would question. The answer was always the same. 
Investing in stock involves risk, and the potential for lost money is inherently included in that risk. I told the company line where that was involved. This was what they told me to tell clients who wanted me to watch over their stocks like cats stocking prey. Sure, there was a lot of gray area involved in that, meaning depending on who you decided would be your broker could increase or decrease your chances of earning money. And I'd never tell my clients this, but I wasn't very good at my job. Guessing and gambling has never been my strong suit, but what I am good at is charisma. That I have in spades. After I officially ended the last call with a client, it was nearly 8 o'clock, and I was pretty tired, so I figured it would be best if I went to bed. But then the thought of the gray box re-entered my mind. I wondered what could have happened to it. As if it could somehow hear my thoughts, I noticed it, in the corner of my bedroom, placed neatly on the left corner of my dresser. It was strange. I didn't recall going into my bedroom with the gray box, but I must have. But, at that moment, since the box was now once again within my grasp, I went for the hammer in my living room and returned to crack open the box that had hung over my thoughts for most of the day. This time, when I returned, it was still there where I had previously seen it, the corner of my dresser. I walked toward it slowly, as if somehow it would know what my intentions were and run off. Impossible, I knew, but it had gone missing before. I stepped close to the box and raised my hammer. I swung it down with as much force as I could muster and sent pieces of the gray wood flying across my bedroom. What remained was a metal die. Instead of numbers on each of its six faces, there was a picture. I picked it up and examined it carefully, rolling it around my hands and seeing the stylized pictures on each of its sides. A skull, an octopus, a cloud, a fireball, and a rat. Peculiar, I thought at the time. I looked around to see if perhaps there was some sort of note attached and found nothing. I can't believe I've spent my entire day worried about this piece of junk. What a waste, I said, and threw the die in the corner of the room. As it landed, I heard the familiar ding of my laptop alerting me that I had received an email. I opened it. It was from Unknown Sender. How was that possible? I asked myself. Isn't the internet notorious for tracking everyone and everything? How could someone possibly be unknown in 2024? Despite the giant red flag, I opened the email that had the subject line. So you opened the box. The body of the email read, You've rolled the octopus of torture. I stopped reading and immediately ran to the corner of the room where the die landed. Sure enough, I stared back at the octopus printed on the metal die. How could whoever this is possibly know that? I looked out of my windows, hoping to see someone staring back at me, hoping that there would be an explanation. But then I realized I was on the second story of my house, and no one would be able to see me in the corner of my room.
no matter how hard they tried, unless... And that was when I started to carefully look around the room, scanning for cameras, for anything that would give some indication of how whoever sent this email would know how the die landed. I found nothing. Hoping for more clues, I returned to my laptop and continued to read my email. The octopus will see you now, the rest of the email read. And that was that. The email ended after that sentence. How weird, I said to myself as I shut my laptop and began to climb into bed. Of course, I was worried that someone was watching me, but my logic told me that there was nothing that anyone could do. It was late, and besides, my own little investigation turned up nothing. Whoever was playing tricks would have to wait until morning to be caught. I shut my eyes and drifted off blissfully, knowing that should anything come for me, someone could be there within minutes. I was too important to the owners of my company for them to let anything happen to me. I awakened in a cold sweat. Unable to move my arms or use my voice, at the edge of my bed I saw it, an eight-armed creature gliding listlessly across my bed, leaving slimy trails of goo that resembled snot across my bed sheets. As it got closer to me, I noticed its eyes glowing a bright red, and that bright red glare was focused on me. It inched slowly up my bed sheets, soaking them in the goo and one of its tentacles gingerly wrapped around my neck. As if it was screaming into my brain itself, I heard it speak. What came out was not any language that I understood. Instead, it sounded like the jumbled mumblings of an illiterate madman. I then found myself sitting in my office on the day that I got hired at my job. I found myself reminded of the deals Sorelli and Ivan made me. I found myself reminded of how I'd decided that embezzlement sounded like a better alternative to being poor. I found myself being reminded of Mr. Pelota, who'd killed himself after he lost everything on a fraudulent investment I'd made on his behalf. The images in my brain disappeared and there I was, back in bed, the octopus still glaring at me. Roll again, it said. This time, I understood it. Miraculously, I could move again, and the octopus gracefully slid away to allow me to stand up from bed and retrieve the die in the corner of the room. Reluctantly, I rolled the die once more and heard the ding of my computer again, just as before. I checked my email and once again, unknown sender. Subject line, you've rolled the cloud of corruption. The body of the email read, prepare yourself. No sooner than I'd finished reading the body of the email did a thick haze appear within my room. Moments after that, I began to feel a quick pricking in random spots throughout my body, beginning with my fingers. I heard a voice blast from within my brain. The fingers that ruined lives, the voice said. I felt a strong pain radiate from my fingers and up within my arm. It bordered on unbearable. The tongue that corrupted, the voice said, and I felt a strong tugging sensation from within my mouth. I opened it, 
hoping that that would relieve the issue, and the next thing I remember is seeing my tongue float in front of my face with droplets of blood surrounding me. Charisma can't save you now, I heard a voice say, and I was back in bed. Everything was back to normal, except for the fact that my tongue remained missing from my mouth. I could no longer speak. Roll again, a voice boomed within my head. In absolute agony, I got up from my bed and did as the voice commanded me to. I dreaded whatever came next and wished for it all to end. Join us next time as we uncover the house's next possibility.